0: what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh.
1: Welcome to the Entrepreneur Exchange, a monthly conversation about startups and small business with ideas, tools, and advice to operate your business more effectively. On today's show, we'll talk about the lies that they teach you in business school And then we're going to have a guest. We're going to talk crowdfunding today with Ruben Gonzalez, who works with startups and small businesses and has assisted them in creating successful crowdfunding campaigns. And then we're going to wind up with our favorite, the Small Business of the Month feature, where we're going to highlight a couple of businesses that we've come across in our travels that you should be checking out. My name is Jeff Newville. I'm your co-host. I'm the director of the Small Business Center at Catawba Valley Community College in Hickory, North Carolina. I'm joined by my co-host, Gary Muller, who is Dean of the School of Business, Industry, and Technology at Catawba Valley Community College? Hello, Gary. How you doing? Jeff, we're doing great.
2: It's a beautiful uh, day down here, and we just had a great week at Skills USA, the state conference for North Carolina.
1: So tell, uh, for a minute, just tell us a little bit about what what is Skills USA and what goes on at Skills USA. Skills USA is a great organization, our
2: college, as well as many colleges and high schools around the country. In fact, there are 300,000 students and faculty that participate in this organization. And it's truly out there to fill the skills gap uh, from the technical side, but also from the business side. It's a great blend of trying to help uh, provide students with the training. That they need to go into their vocation, whatever it might be, and then they have competitions around the country that culminate with a national championship that'll be in Louisville this year.
1: And and you were at the in in Greensboro this week at the North Carolina competition. And and what sort of what sort of areas do students compete in? They compete in
2: uh, a variety of different areas, including automotive, machining, welding, uh, entrepreneurship. uh, That's very close to our hearts. Doing skills like job interviewing, customer service, uh, the whole gamut. And then we
1: participated in
2: many of those, advertising and promotion.
1: And just, and just quickly, how did, how did your students, how did the Cataw Valley Community the College students do this time? We're uh,
2: proud to say our college students and our high school students did the best they have ever done. Uh, we came home with about 12 state championships this year, and then we placed high in many other areas, so we're very, very excited.
1: Well, congratulations, man. Thank you. So, so I was going through my most recent edition of the Entrepreneur Magazine, and there was an article that caught my eye uh, by Michelle Goodman called Lessons Learned, Six Lies They Teach You in Business School, and they, she talked with several uh, entrepreneurs to debunk some of the things that are taught in business school. I've been trying to use the word debunk on our podcast for over a year, and I'm really I'm really excited to be able to say debunk. I like that. No, thank but you. I do take
2: it personally, the lies that we're teaching in business school.
1: I said that they were teaching, not that you were teaching, okay. but maybe. I wasn't a they? I, I, I don't know. I'm going to tell you what the, what the Entrepreneur Magazine considers to be some of the lies that they are teaching. First, it says uh, business school tells you to outline it all first and, and, and basically over plan my word over plan I think that just too much planning and that actually once you get out there it's a very fluid situation and uh, that business plan is only going to take you so far agree or disagree?
2: I agree to disagree
1: you agree to yeah. disagree? No I, I understand
2: that I think you have to have an idea uh, of course we do try to stress with folks that you just can't run without a map you have to know uh, where you're going and then have some kind of idea of uh, how you're going to get there. But yes, it is fluid. I think sometimes people over plan and they uh, analysis paralysis by analysis. Uh,
1: okay. I, I agree with that. I mean, I think a little planning can help you minimize some mistakes and, and, and reduce some risk. But if you spend too much time planning, you'll never get it. You'll never yeah, get started. You've got to go with your gut in many ways, uh, to and get it, off, jump off for the first time. And you better accept the fact that you know, the plans might change, and you just have to roll with the punches. Uh, second thing, you can analyze your way into a good idea. The article says that uh, business schools tend to spend too much time focused on data, and instead the entrepreneur should really focus on solving a problem. It's more, a new business startup will probably be more successful if you identify a problem that you can solve as opposed to do too much data crunching. Well, I think that is true. I think ultimately we have to be
2: solving a problem. We can't just look at something and say, okay, there's a lot of information here, or a lot of potential in this area, but we also have to be able to solve it with what we know. I mean, because I think there's a problem there that, uh, and the data has shown us that. We still have to be able to produce a
1: product or service that's going to solve the problem. So I think that is the ultimate. Okay. i I go along with that. Number three, business schools say you need to pay your dues. And I guess they're saying, yeah, you don't necessarily have to wait your turn. Uh, you know, the world's there for the taking and uh, it's not like you have to go through an apprenticeship or an apprenticeship is my word, but just, uh, you know, go work in the corporate world before you can start your own company. Uh, if you've got the right idea, go do it. You know, so, so if, you're, if, if you're the business school professor, I don't think that you're out there saying you got to pay your dues, but uh, you know I'll go along with that one. How about you? I don't
2: think you have to pay your dues either. Sometimes the opportunities are there. You have an idea. I mean, we work with students and small business owners all the time or people with a business idea. And think if you have the opportunity and you have the idea, then you should take advantage of it. You should be looking for training and support from the people as you're going forward with it. But... Just because, well, I got to wait and work for five years before I can go out on my own hmm. is
1: probably not the right way to be thinking of it. Okay. Lie number four: You need to make money before you indulge in your passion. Mm, may not make money unless you've got a passion for what you're doing. Yeah, to me, this is one of those gray areas where if you can, you know, if you have a passion for something and can find a way to get involved with it and uh, support yourself. Uh, Nothing wrong with that. No, it's not no. like you have to go uh, go work for the man for uh, a few years and then make some money before you uh, uh, chase your dream. I think that's exactly right. Lie number five, you need to raise institutional funds. I think if you're focused on that part versus what the problem
2: is you're trying to solve and the product and service you're going to offer, you're missing the point completely.
1: Well, then you would agree with what the, they're saying, that this this is not – a way that you should be spending your time. Yes. In most cases, uh, the article talks about that it's better to do bootstrapping and find ways to get your business off the ground in that manner uh, and, and that chasing after institutional funds can be a job unto itself and, and distract you. Exactly. I suspect it depends on the type of business and, and the sort of funds that you're looking for, but I'd, I'd go along with that. The last one, last, the last lie they teach in business school Hard work is the key to success, and the article talks more about it is a key but not the key. You know, you're going to have hard work, but there's going to be a lot more that goes into it than just hard work. So, I agree
2: 100%. I think hard work is going to be critical to us being successful in whatever we do, but that alone will not make you successful. Again, you've got to understand the product, the service, the problem, and the market that you're trying to serve, and you need to pull a lot of the things that uh, we just talked about with the lies. There's some truth to all of them, but it's well, never say never.
1: Well, that, that, that one reminded me of a saying that I tell my kids that they probably don't listen to, and by repeating it on the podcast, they won't hear it either. But <laughs> uh, uh, I, I tell them that to be successful, it's 50% is showing up, 40% is giving a damn, and 10% is the actual skills that they can bring to their work and to their job. That's, I think that's that's, a, that's Jeff's axiom. I think that's a wonderful axiom. You can use that. I'm going to use it. Okay. You can use it in your business classes, I, and maybe it'll show up but as it, a it lie be, next a next, lie. next year. Okay. All right. Well, I, interesting article in Entrepreneur magazine. Michelle Goodman, check it out. We liked it. So anyway, and and we actually do some teaching of business classes, so we'll we'll go along with it. So now uh, we're going to move on and, and uh, introduce our guest. Our guest today is Ruben Gonzalez, and uh, Ruben is the former director of development for the city of Winston-Salem, North Carolina, where he was responsible for directing uh, programs that assisted in growing their downtown uh, area and their arts district. He helped to get over 100 businesses started in Winston-Salem, and he's uh, now retired from the city, but he continues to uh, uh, work with small businesses, uh, startups with his company Business Plans for Startup, and uh, he also has been working with some companies on crowdfunding campaigns. Ruben, how are you doing today?
0: I'm, I'm doing great, Jeff. Yeah. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, we appreciate uh, you joining, joining us today on the Entrepreneur Exchange. So you know, crowdfunding's been out there for a little while, but, but to some of us, it's still a little bit foreign. So, so just give us a little background. When, when, when people talk crowdfunding, what, are, what exactly are they talking about? What is crowdfunding?
0: Sure, uh, crowdfunding is a um, popular uh, web-based opportunity to uh, raise capital for a, a particular project or or a business. Uh, it's actually a fairly recent phenomenon on, on the internet. I think the, one of the more popular crowdfunding sites is a Kickstarter, and it actually only had it launched probably in 2009. So it really hasn't been around a whole lot of time, but but in that time it's had some phenomenal growth Uh, Kickstarter itself has been able to help uh, people get a project started probably over 40,000 different projects and uh, upwards of uh, $600 million has been raised for those those projects so it's it's a pretty recent phenomenon Uh, it encompasses many walks of life not only the business community but also uh Nonprofit projects, uh, art projects, uh, several other types of projects uh, are able to raise capital to uh, get a project started and and, 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 and or com- completed.
1: So, so this is something that is being utilized by both. Nonprofits, businesses, sort of the gamut, and and you said that, you know, I I guess some of it's project-oriented and some of it's to raise startup capital. Are there there any limitations or restrictions as far as that goes?
0: Sure. Now, each of the um, websites that are dedicated to this type of crowdfunding, usually they have a specific type of project that they like to uh, back. Uh, the one I mentioned before, Kickstarter, kind of more all-inclusive, but then there are some very specific sites as well. One of the more specific ones is called Pledge Music. It's obviously it's only involved in the music industry. There's also one that's called Band, which is only interested in band um, projects. So a lot of projects will be specifically um, supported by one of these specific websites. So one of the thing, important things to analyze before you jump in is make sure you're going to the proper website for the proper project that you're trying to start.
1: You know, and in, in some of the conversations I've had with people, there, there there seems to be some confusion about if I do a crowdfunding campaign, am I giving up any ownership or equity in my company? Is there how how yeah. can you clear that one up?
0: Sure. Sure. Again, um, I would say most, maybe even ninety percent of the sites, uh, you do not give up any ownership. Now there are one or two sites that are generally more of an ownership uh, investment type of campaign. Uh, I think those mostly mostly follow the, the the TV show Shark Tank that comes on. Now, those sharks and those investors, you know, they want ownership. But in the vast majority of of crowdfunding sites, uh, there's no ownership exchange. Are
1: are there certain types of projects that seem to be to have a better chance of getting funded through crowdfunding, or is it pretty much all over the board?
0: Just about all the projects uh, we find are very innovative, very innovative projects, very compelling, compelling this year. If you have something that's innovative, compelling, first to market, uh, those types of campaigns seem to work out really, really well. Also on the marketing end, since you are required to kind of push out this information that that you have a crowdfunding campaign going, uh, it's really tied to your uh, circle of friends and business links and so forth and so on. Otherwise, people aren't going to know that you're on the internet that you're trying to raise money. Now, sometimes you have anonymous donors. That's where the real innovation and real uniqueness for a project uh, really helps you. I can give you a really good example. That's out there right now. Sure. This guy down in Australia, I believe, invented a new beehive. It's actually revolutionary in in the beehive realm. (laughs) And uh, they were trying to raise a certain amount of money, and they actually raised 20 times what what they thought they were going to raise through this campaign. So, but the the project itself was very innovative, unusual, never before, before seen. So you know, that kind of project really raises interest and can go, you know, as they say on the internet, can go viral. But you know, in the crowdfunding sites, it actually goes viral and raises you know, quite a bit of money.
1: So, so um, uh, you know, talk talk us through a little bit of the steps on setting up a crowdfunding campaign. And, you know, if I'm, if I'm out there on one of these websites looking at an innovative new beehive or, or whatnot, what is, if I want to invest in that, is, am I doing it that out of the goodness of my heart? Am I getting some sort of sure. uh, prize or award or, or something? Or, sure. Or, so what's, what's that right. process?
0: Uh, again, uh, some of the sites are a little bit different. But the most popular is is offer some reward for a donation, for a specific level of donation. I just gave you an example. I helped a uh, micro brewery company open. They had a crowdfunding campaign, raised about thirty thousand dollars, and they had this level of rewards. For instance, twenty dollars gets you a T-shirt. Forty dollars gets you a T-shirt and a beer mug. $50, get you a t-shirt, a beer, a mug, and a bumper sticker, and so on and so on. And I think the grand prize for that particular project was a um, you actually got to work with the brewmaster, and maybe you got to brew your own beer and give that beer a name, and they put that on the menu. So there's some, a lot of recognition there in terms of your support of that industry, your support of that particular business. So uh, these rewards or awards, you know, are different levels, and each uh, uh, owner of the project uh, designs it's his own rewards, and it can offer whatever you know, they feel is, you know, for their business. So we find most of the rewards uh, come out of the business itself. Uh, that holds back, that holds costs a little bit, a little bit, and allows you to get your product or your service out out to the out to the community. Um, the steps The steps are really laid out on all these websites. Every one of them has a template, very easy to go into, user-friendly, you go in and identify your project, get the name to your project, it has an outline of the awards, you just fill in the blanks. Uh, most all successful campaigns also include a little flash video, and that usually has a uh, video of the owner of the project, uh, where he explains or she explains what's what's going on with the project, why they need the money, what the money is going to be used for, and so on. So uh, many of these videos are very entertaining. Now, yeah, you're not you don't have to invent and will. You can go onto these websites and play any number of uh, campaigns that are currently running. You can see the types of videos that are being played. See the types of awards that are being offered and yeah you know, and now with this information in hand you can turn around and develop your own your own project
3: when you need a dose of entertainment chatter or just a good laugh be sure to check out chick chat on the mesh it's girls talking about stuff well girls want to talk about celebrities gossip fads boys it's kind of the guilty pleasure of the mesh network here's a little taste of what you can expect But you know what I always thought was really exciting is at the beginning of a new season when the montage would change and the people were like older or they had something new. Like when you got new Becky on Roseanne. Yes. That's (laughs) a perfect example. You need to know. You can't just start shows and then new people are on there and you're thinking, what? What I needed the montage. What about on 90210? Okay, that 90210, it changed every season. It did. And then they had the beach summer one where like where they worked the, at the country club yes, yes. you know when the, the opening credits had them like wearing bikinis and stuff and mm-hmm. then another one would be like when they're just in that white room and on chairs that swivel around right oh yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so it's all it's even all. Baywatch when they change lifeguards <gasps> absolutely they had new people running down the beach and bikinis but you knew their new lifeguard <laughs> i need to get invested in that so come have a listen to chick chat on the mesh dot tv you know you want to
1: So it sounds like if you're if you're thinking about doing a crowdfunding project, you know, just from listening to you, I mean, number one, it, it, it smells a little bit like, uh, to me, sort of public radio in that uh, or NPR, which I've made. I've donated money to them before, and I probably have a few coffee mugs or T-shirts mm-hmm. lying around that uh, uh, I'm happy to – to receive and support to them. So you know, sort of, it reminds me of that model. But yes. fr- from, from what you're saying, if I'm planning a crowdfunding campaign, uh, a few things that I should be thinking about are uh, creating, creating a, a video, which – does it have to be real – doesn't have to be too professional, does it? Is this something I can do fairly economically?
0: Yes, I, I've seen um, both ends of the spectrum. I've seen a you know, video done from a smartphone where the, the owner of the project is just standing there in a t-shirt and talking about, you know, t- talking here, talking about what he's trying to do. And I've seen other ones that are more, you know, maybe set to music, a little bit more dramatic uh, or fun. One of my most uh, fun uh, uh, projects I saw on the net was uh, a lady in Asheville. North Carolina. She was just trying to raise some capital to buy some material because she makes these capes, capes that people wear for protection from the weather or the rain. And on her video, she had three or four of her little kids with these capes on running around in her yard with the background banjo music playing. So it really was a little cute, captivating uh, website. On the other hand, these guys with the uh, beehives uh, show the, uh, product itself, how innovative it was, the different functions, how it differed from the old beehive to the, to this new beehive, and it was really quite compelling in its, um in its innovation. So, again, that was a more partially done, uh, one, but, um but the again, they were raising millions of dollars as opposed to a few thousand dollars. Uh, and the project is really important. We had a lady here in Winston-Salem was interested in starting the uh, small, little, excuse me, little free library project. A little free library project um, is a project where small little birdhouse looking libraries holding maybe 15, 20 books show up in the the community. And uh, a book exchange is free. You bring a book, you take out a book, replace your book in there, you know, close the door, and, and that's 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 the process. And so these little free libraries projects are uh, popping up all across the country. And she wanted to start one here in uh, Winston-Salem. And uh, she, gets, she gets an idea for the crowdfunding and she put it on there. She was only trying to raise $500. She ended up raising over $10,000. And all this money She's going to put to board some materials and installation of these uh, little free libraries.
1: Oh. well, that's a, that's a nice little success yeah, story there interesting. So yes, it is. so from, from you, you were talking about the award levels and whatnot. I guess the other, one of the other things I should be thinking about if I'm doing a crowdfunding campaign is I might do a -- I think you mentioned a, brewer, a brewery was trying to raise 30,000 dollars. Um, uh-huh. uh, but part of that $30,000 that I guess they get is going towards these awards whether it be beer mugs or um, yes or, or whatnot so so you, you really need to be thinking from a budget perspective of you know maybe I need to raise $20,000 and I'm going to spend a certain amount of money on my video and a certain amount of money on my awards uh, so my the threshold that I'm In order to get that $20,000, I need to have a campaign out there for $30,000.
0: Yes. Yes, that's a good point. Uh, Not to get that budget. There is those expenses you you just mentioned. So you have to gear your project to make sure you get to that that level. Also, depending on which site you go to, uh, Kickstarter, for instance, you set a goal that you're trying to raise. If you don't get to the goal on, on Kickstarter, you actually do not get into the money. Uh people who pledge to that point uh will get a refund of their money, but uh you won't get any of the money because you didn't get to your goal. Now not all sites are like that. Indiegogo it's another site. Uh you get whatever is raised. Uh all these sites they take a percentage. Percentage ranges from two percent on up to fifteen percent typically they're in the four to five percent range, but that's how the site themselves uh, makes makes its money. So just a couple of hints on budgeting. Not only should you make sure you have a budget for the uh, awards, but also you should maintain a, a budget, uh, grease, the, grease the skids, <laughs> sort of speak, and prime the pump when you start out. Uh, you don't want, these sites will track the number of supporters, and the amount of money raised per day so far at that duration of the campaign. So what you don't want to have is a project that's been out there for a week. has zero support and zero money raised. What you want to do is put some money into the project at the beginning to make the project have some activity in terms of number of supporters and amount of money raised over the very beginning, that's that kind of dynamic uh, action on the site uh, encourages people to you know to support the project.
2: That's kind of like but you having, don't want to
0: have a. Huh? It's
2: kind of like having the tip jar at the restaurant that's got some money.
0: Exactly, in it. exactly. <laughs> also, on those projects where it's all or nothing, if you come upon the last day at the eleventh hour and you're $200 short or $1,000 short, you might actually weigh the opportunity of putting in that last bit of month so you can get the total that you were trying to raise, as opposed to let you know, 98% of the funds uh, go um, unused. So those two tips, the first bar and the last bar, something to think about when you do develop one of these campaigns.
1: The critical action. So so I, I guess you're saying that if, I'm, if I have a $30,000 campaign out there and I'm on the last day and I'm up to $29,500, it would behoove me to put that last $500 in myself because then I'm going to get the, the $29,500 less commissions or, or what the particular crowdfunding site takes. Correct. So, and, and I guess you're saying that as far as getting things started on the right foot, uh, generally, people back a winner, and if they see that there's no one contributing to a particular campaign, they're uh, they're less likely to uh, to hop in there.
0: Yes, I, I think that's the the, the overall belief.
1: Yeah, that's 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 why I'm giving. Uh, that's why I'm with Chris Christie this go around uh, for the presidential. I'm giving him. Yeah, you know, he's. I'm all in there, baby. Come on, so. <laughs> Ruben, You've mentioned a, a few sites. You mentioned Kickstarter. is probably been the most popular. I think you mentioned Indiegogo uh, yeah. and, a, and a couple of Celiband and uh, uh, Pledge Music. Pledge, Pledge Music, right. Any, any other sites out there that sure. uh, people should be thinking about?
0: Yeah. Again, um, for instance, for artists, photog- photographers, uh more popular site called Rocket Hub. Rocket Hub. sounds Rocket Hub. Okay. For worthy causes... But I would say would be more of the social causes. Uh, the popular, most popular site is Razoo. that's R A Z O O, Razoo. Uh, another one that may, has more international flavor is called Crowd Ride, C R C R O W D R I S E. But for a uh, opportunity to get all these at once, you could just put in a search engine top ten most Popular crowdfunding websites, and uh, these top ten will pop up, as well as others maybe. And so there's quite a quite a few out there. And uh, if for those interested in this type of fundraising opportunity, it, it'd be worthwhile to go out on the internet and just check all these uh, different sites out.
1: And, and and typically the uh, the the typical campaign is it weeks? Is it months? How long how long do people have to to raise those sort of funds?
0: that's a great question uh, Kickstarter again though, is from 30 to 60 days uh, most of them are in that range uh, usually if it goes on much longer than that uh, people lose interest and it really doesn't uh, raise any funds after after that 60 day period so 30 to 60 day campaigns are pretty typical
1: any other uh, success stories uh, of folks that you've worked with on crowdfunding that you'd like to sure.
0: share sure we got a Pizza. pizza uh, here in Mission District of, uh, of Salem, uh, you know they raised about $25,000. I'll tell you what you find in most of our local projects, the funding campaign does not necessarily bring in all the money to uh, solve the problem, start the business, and so forth. Usually it's just a small piece of overall funding. Now that's that's the typical local project, but there are projects out there that go off the scales, and they bring in you know ten, twenty, thirty, even a thousand times more than what they thought was going to bring in. So if you hit a home run with one of those, um, you know, that would definitely start a a business or a large project pretty easily.
1: Well, um, we really appreciate you spending some time with us uh, today and and sharing. Uh, Information about crowdfunding. Ruben, if people want to find you, where should they be looking uh, at on the Internet?
0: Uh, I, I've got my website out there. It's um, businessplanforstartup.com.
1: www.businessplanforstartup.com? That's it. All right. So that's where if you're looking for, for Ruben Gonzalez and uh, uh, want to see some of the things that he's up to and, and get in touch with him, that's where you can do it. Ruben, we really appreciate you uh, spending some time with us this morning.
0: Yes, very interesting. All right,
1: Jeff. All right, thank you. Take care. You're welcome. Uh, So now we're going to move. We're going to wind up with our 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 favorite part, our small business of the month. So Gary, what uh, what's uh, what's uh, small business are you looking at this month?
2: I've got a really interesting uh, small business. It's a little quirky, though. Really, Mm -hmm. it it is quirky. Uh, The name of the company is Quirky. Have you ever heard of it?
1: i just hum a few bars. Okay. Go ahead.
2: Its mission is to help inventors and small business owners uh, get started. Uh, it's a New York City-based invention company. They allow inventors to submit their ideas while they're also assisting them to develop the process. The company's website lets people sell their inventions in an online shop or to several retail stores such as Home Depot and Best Buy. Uh, those who market their products with Quirky get a chance to keep some of the profits A little bit Mm -hmm. interesting that way. Uh, They've also partnered with GE to develop an app called Wink to wirelessly control and monitor products that communicate with the app. Uh, It was founded in 2009 by Ben Kaufman. And actually in 2011, uh, they developed a reality TV series called Quirky on the Sundance channel, uh, and they follow the events that go on in the Quirky office.
1: (laughs) I don't get the Sundance channel, but, I I, but, uh, but I'll look into it. So, Well, my small business of the month is uh, a small local business, to, at least local to, to Gary and I. It's a company that's just really getting cranked up. It's called Bottoms Up Box, and it's actually a, a quarterly subscription-based box that delivers craft beer accessories, and drinking items to your front door. And these items are placed in the box uh, with the interests of craft beer lovers by craft beer enthusiasts. And it was started by uh, a fellow at our local college named Alex Freeman, who, who is a student at Lenore Ryan University in Hickory. And, um, and I, I guess I thought it would be appropriate because he's actually starting, has started a Kickstarter campaign and he's trying to raise $15,000 for his startup. And if you go to Kickstarter and type in bottoms-up box, or if you just go to Google and type in bottoms-up box, you'll, you'll get to their website or you'll get to their Kickstarter campaign. And, uh, you know, they, they're going to send you a, a box of, of beer accessories. Not beer. I don't think it's legal to send beer, but they will send you beer accessories. And, and what are beer accessories, you might ask? Uh, uh, glasses apparel mugs uh, stickers I don't know if they have pillows but it could be you know (laughs) whatever beer gear is and uh, beer swag so if you're into craft beer uh, that would be a good thing for you to check out it would also be a great gift for people so you know and Mother's Day is coming up you know if you want to get that mom the perfect gift you you know I could see mom would really like that some moms would really love that it might not be for all moms but anyway uh, bottoms up box uh check them out at www.bottomsupbox.com or look them up on kickstarter so anyway sounds great well if you, anyone out there has a suggestion for our small business in the month send it to us at eexchange at the mesh.tv. and if we choose yours you'll get our box of entrepreneur exchange goodies which overfloweth so we get Compliments and comments all the time about our gift We do, we do, and uh, I think we actually we just got some new Shark Tank shirts in. We did, so uh, so you'll you'll get our newest uh, t shirt as well. So, give us your thoughts. We appreciate uh, Ruben Gonzalez joining us. Thanks to the Mesh, and if you want to download us, you can do that at the uh, at iTunes or you can find us at the Mesh TV. So, until next month, have a good one. Take care.